0: clock strikes here, it's always Halloween! And I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. Welcome to Small Frights Friday. Each week, I like to share a curated selection of calls from the All Hallows Hotline and letters from the Eek! Mailbag. This episode is sponsored by Luceo Lantern Boxcar. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast, Boxcar, and always calling in with such fun contributions. You actually called in specifically to tell me I don't have to thank you, but I'm doing it because you're great. And listener, if you want to be great like Boxcar, you can sponsor the podcast with a one-time donation of $30 or more. I set up a Square account. How official is that? So I have that link at the bottom in the show notes and on Instagram as well. And I am also including PayPal because I believe that Square is not international. Who knew how how difficult it was to accept uh, payments internationally? I am uh, a performer, not a businesswoman. So this is all news to me. So I have a a Square link and a PayPal link. If you want to sponsor an episode or make a donation of any kind, a one- a one-time donation it helps the podcast so much and I will uh, give you a little shout out as well and if you love it's always halloween and you want more it's always halloween if you want it to always 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 be halloween then you can join us for movie nights ghost stories and more by subscribing at patreon.com slash it's always halloween Our next movie night is coming up on Sunday, March 28th at 5 p.m. We will be watching and discussing an Irish horror movie in honor of St. Patrick's Day. And if you join now, we're going to be doing a poll this next week, deciding which one we're going to watch. So you can join in on the poll. You can vote for what movie we're going to watch on Sunday, March 28th. So thank you so much to the whole Patreon ghoul gang. An extra special thank you again to Boxcar for sponsoring this episode. He's bringing it to you. And you know what? He also shared a really fun little Halloween story. So let's open today's episode with his call.
1: Good morning, Luce. Uh, Again, love the podcast. Appreciate you. Uh, Again, that keeps us company out here and keeps us rolling. Um... And you would ask before if uh, oops, sorry about that. Uh you'd ask before if uh if I was a truck driver and that's exactly what I am, long haul driver. Um, but anyways, uh I just uh left a, a thank you uh via Venmo. Uh, I'm not not real versed uh, with Venmo, so I don't know if it shows my name or whatnot, but uh I know you like to say thank you uh when you when you do recordings and whatnot. Um, that's not necessary, uh although appreciated. Um, but uh if you wanna uh make a, a reference to it uh to try and encourage others to uh to to give thanks, uh that's fine. Just uh do me a favor and don't use my real name. Just uh you can call me boxcar, how's that? Uh that's what they call me on the radio, so Anyways, uh keep up the great work. I really appreciate it. Uh also, quick little story. One of my most memorable uh Halloweens, uh, I was I remember what I was dressed up as, to be honest with you, but uh there was a uh, kind of a creepy bully guy that uh, lived in on our little dead-end street. Uh and he was dressed up as Frankenstein. I'll never forget that. Um by the way, if you haven't read, started the reading that series, that's a great book uh, by Dean Koontz. But uh, yeah, he was dressed up as Frankenstein and uh, he had bumped into me somewhere uh, along the trick-or-treating uh, route and scared the crap out of me. It was a pretty realistic looking mask or something. Um, but it, uh, it scared me uh, and I remember Going home and I made a pretty big ruckus about it. I think I was like five or six. Um, and for some reason I got, uh, uh, I had a kind of a timeout type of thing. So they put me in this chair right by a, a, a big glass window. And, uh, while I was sitting there, uh, I think I, I think I started crying at that point. Uh, and while I was sitting there, uh, crying in my timeout chair, that, that, that jerk came around and, and, and uh, put his face right in the window, and I hadn't noticed it. He was just sitting there staring at me. And I looked out, and it just scared the crap out of me again. <laughs> so I, I think I got into more trouble. But anyways, uh, just a little funny story there. Uh, but thank you for everything you do. I appreciate you, and have a great evening.
0: Boxcar, I can't believe that Frankenstein got you twice! What a jerk he was. My goodness. You know, that story reminds me. This isn't a Halloween story, but it is a being scared story. So I hope that you appreciate it. Um, when I was probably like 10, 11, 12, my best friend and I were like goofing around in my front yard, and my dad was in the backyard doing yard work. And we were like, oh, it'd be so funny. Just sneak up on him, give the old man a scare. And so we, like, crept around the side of the house that was kind of harder to get around. It was, like, very close to our neighbors on one side. And it was, like, not the way you usually use—it's, like, not the way you would walk to go to my backyard. More complicated. So we were like, let's squeeze around this way, and he'll never know. And we were being so sneaky, we thought, as children. And we were, like, creeping around the corner. We were looking. We were being real quiet. And then my dad popped out and and scared the crap out of us. He got the jump on us and I'll never forget. It's so clear in my head. He like jumped out with like both feet like and his hands up, and his big face. It was just like, ah, (laughs) and it scared us both. We both like screamed and ran. (laughs) And it was so funny, he's such a trickster, definitely where my sense of humor comes from. And we were like, oh man, we gotta get him back. So then we were like, okay, we'll go around the other side. So we went to go sneak around the other side and he got us again. (laughs) So he had us twice. And it was really scary both times. And then I never tried to sneak up on my dad again. Maybe that was the lesson. (laughs) But there is just nothing like being scared by the same thing twice. It makes you feel like a dummy. (laughs) You just... Completely unaware of your surroundings. Um, and I think it's so interesting, Boxcar, that it was like this Frankenstein mask that you can see so clearly now. And you love this Frankenstein series. So I'm wondering how much you kind of internalized that early experience with the Frankenstein mask is like, this is a scary image a scary icon and then maybe you sought Frankenstein out in other ways um I have not gotten to the series yet but I did recently post about it on Instagram and it is on my list. I have not read more than one book in like the last six months I keep I read before bed usually and I have been just getting through maybe one page and then falling asleep immediately I have The pandemic fatigue has made it so that not only do I feel tired and worn out every day, but then at night, even though I'm just at my desk all day, every day at night, it's like I've run a marathon and I can't possibly keep my eyes open past midnight. So I read one page of a book and then I fall asleep with my face inside of the book. And then the little uh, bookends are just cradling my face until I wake up at like three in the morning, like, "Uh, uh," and the book pages are all wrinkled around me. So I, all that to say, Frankenstein will get here eventually. Thank you so much again, Boxcar, for supporting the podcast, for your really great anecdotes. And we are going to be moving on to our first eek mail of the day. The subject line is THE CASE OF THE STOLEN PUMPKINS! Every year, my parents would take my two siblings and I to the pumpkin patch to get a dozen big pumpkins, four for each of us. We went early in the year when there were still plenty of big ones. We'd take them home and paint faces on the outside of them, white ghosts, green monsters, brown werewolves, whatever we wanted. During the month of October, we would wash the paint off three each week and carve them so that we would have the warm glow of the jack-o'-lanterns all October. After a week they'd be moldy and have to be discarded by smashing them in the woods and watching them go splat. The painted pumpkins would sit outside in front of our house till it was time to carve them. Well, one morning in mid-October, I came out for the school bus, and half of them had been stolen! It felt so unfair. My parents said they'd buy new ones, but it was the principle of the thing. At the pumpkin patch, there was a tree with fake bloody hands hanging from it labeled Attempted Pumpkin Thieves, but here in my neighborhood, someone was just gonna get away with this? I was angry for days, but then... As I was riding my bike in the neighborhood, I saw them, four painted pumpkins. I'd recognize them anywhere. The idea of getting my parents didn't even cross my mind. I jumped off my bike and ran up to the door and knocked. A woman answered and I told her, these four pumpkins have been stolen from my house. I think she was already kind of suspicious about the pumpkins because she did not question me at all. She yelled for her sons and they came out and were scolded. Then she told them to carry the pumpkins back to my house and to apologize to my family. I walked my bike and they carried their two pumpkins each as we walked down the road. I scowled at them in silence for a while, but they weren't angry back. They looked sad. I blurted out, why, why did you steal my pumpkins? And they said, because we didn't have any. And I returned, well, just ask your mom to buy you some. And then they told me that when they asked for pumpkins, their mom said pumpkins were too expensive. This confused me. I hadn't thought pumpkins were expensive at all. When we got to my house, they put the pumpkins down and I just wanted them to leave. They didn't seem to mind getting out of the apology their mom told them to make and they did just go. I caught the thieves, I got my pumpkins back, but for some reason, I was left feeling guilty. I went inside and told my parents I got the pumpkins back, and they were surprised that I wasn't happy about it. I told them the details, and they helped me figure out what I didn't understand. This is when I learned that all families don't make the same amount of money. As a young child, this was news to me. Then I understood that for some people, pumpkins really were too expensive. When my pumpkins were stolen, it felt unfair but now it felt equally unfair that these kids seemed to have the very essence of Halloween stolen from them. I asked my dad if we could still go to the pumpkin patch that weekend, but instead buy pumpkins for these kids since we no longer needed them. My parents complimented me for being generous, but it just felt fair. Everyone should get to carve pumpkins for Halloween. And I was around five years old, so it was easy for me to throw around my parents' money. Plus, I did get that second trip to the pumpkin patch, which had additional fun things like a corn maze and fresh cider. Maybe if generosity always came with fresh cider, more people would do it. Happy Halloween, Luce, because it's always Halloween. Becky. Becky, what an incredible story about learning class issues. <sighs> I think that is such an important thing to discuss, to teach children, and to just keep in mind as we celebrate Halloween. I've had um, private chats with some people over email about uh, DIY costumes versus like big, fancy, you know, costumes, and I think that an element of homemade ness is really important and really nice. I think with um, social media, it's really easy to get caught up in. Whoever can spend the most money, if you can get the $300 12-foot skeleton, then heck, you're gonna have the coolest, best social media Halloween page. But many of us, including your dear host, cannot blow $300 on a decoration, so automatically it feels like the ways you decorate for Halloween are inferior or, again, could even be stressful because you love Halloween, but you can't show it materially as much as maybe someone else can. And I think that those pressures are a nightmare and that we should all free ourselves from them because the, Much like Christmas, the spirit of Halloween is not about how much money you have to spend on yourself or on others, but is about uh, having a good time, enjoying oneself, honoring our past, our present, creating a memorable experience for kids. None of that has to cost a ton of money. And I think that it's important if you live in a neighborhood or you are part of a community to Figure out which kids in your neighborhood can't get pumpkins, which can't get costumes, who can't get decor. What are local homeless uh, shelters and uh, domestic violence shelters doing to provide Halloween for kids? How can you get involved? How can you help kids have the Halloween that you loved as a kid or the Halloween that you wish you could have had as a kid or the Halloween that you think every kid deserves. How can you make a difference? Um, I'm sure many of us can afford to get some pumpkins for somebody who can't have them. And, um, you know, Becky, I agree with you that maybe, uh, you know, people are more likely to do things when they get something out of it. And I just want to challenge uh, that and say that I think what you can get out of um, giving pumpkins or a nice Halloween experience or literally anything (laughs) that you give to another person in need is a good feeling. You get back a good feeling for doing something nice for somebody who appreciates it. And I think that um, it really helps us get out of our heads when we are in such an internalized spot like in this pandemic, that if we're able to focus on what we can do for another person then we're not just like stuck in our own uh, limited experience uh, of feeling lonely. So that's another reason to give back. Um, I just want to note a really cool organization that helps kids get Halloween costumes who usually cannot afford them so it's called how no it's called wean dream okay Weendream.org. and I'm gonna link to this in the show notes but they get Halloween costumes they collect them from all over the country and they send them all over the country so there's a whole list of what they're looking for new or gently used complete costumes um new unused wigs tutus wings wands capes masks superhero props it goes on and on they have a whole list of stuff that they're looking for and the requests that they get from families in need and there's also a whole application section if you are somebody who is looking for a costume for halloween then you can get hooked up with them to uh, get the costumes for your kids that you need to give them the Halloween that they would love to have. So I'm going to be looking at some other organizations and see what other orgs might do something similar to this. And if you know about any, please call or write in about them. This will be in the show notes and I will periodically post about them as we get closer to Halloween. I think it would be really cool if maybe we could do a little costume drive or something all together, kind of support each other and getting some costumes to kids in need. So thank you so much, Becky, for writing in with this really sweet story. And I uh, think it is really great that even as a five-year-old, you were like, yes, every kid deserves pumpkins, because that's true. Every kid does deserve pumpkins, pumpkins, food, shelter, safety, Let's work to make sure we can get kids all of those things. All right, let's get into our next call from the All Hallows Hotline.
2: Hi, Lucie. It's Marissa uh, at Grotesque Ego on Twitter and Grotesque Ego on Instagram. Uh, You asked how to pronounce Adora Horrible, (laughs) and it's pronounced Adora Horrible. Um, And I also wanted to call in to recommend... um, Love Craft Country. It's an HBO series. I believe it's based on a book, but I haven't read the book. But it's a great show about uh, the black experience in America combined with elements of horror to then sort of further um, exaggerate and give meaning to what the characters in the show are experiencing. Um, can't recommend it enough. Think it's fantastic. Um, but I also recommend listening to the companion piece podcast, Lovecraft Country Radio, after each episode. Uh, two black women, one who is a writer on the show, go into depth to discuss the details of both the racial, um, queries that the show brings up, as well as just the emotions and various, uh, horror elements. So I wanted to recommend that to everybody if they haven't watched that already. It's fantastic, it's entertaining, and I feel like it's an important show for our cultural time. Anyways, I hope you have an Adora Horrible day. Bye.
0: Marissa, thank you so much for calling in and correcting me slash helping me understand it's pronounced Adora Horrible. That is a lovely word. I am now shoehorning it into the rest of my vocabulary, and I encourage all the other lanterns to do so as well. And thank you uh, for that recommendation for Lovecraft Country. So uh, Marissa actually followed up with an email because she wanted to make a correction. So I'm just going to read part of that to you guys now. Marissa says, I left a voicemail, but because of my own nerves about speaking under pressure, I totally misspoke at one point and I wanted to correct myself. I was talking about the HBO horror drama Lovecraft Country and recommending it to everyone, which again, it's an incredible show about the Black experience in America, but I used the word quote exaggerate at one point and it's totally not the right word for what I meant. What I meant to say was that the show uses horror to heighten the real horrors of racism in America. Marissa, I think that is such a great point. I just adore Lovecraft Country. I think it is a fantastic show. I haven't finished watching it yet, but I think that you nailed it. They do such a great job heightening it to these monstrous proportions that actually really reflects the kind of monstrosity that um, black people do have to deal with, uh, when it comes to racism in America. And you were right. It is based on a book, a really fantastic book that I think all of the lanterns would be interested in reading. So I'm going to add a uh, Lovecraft Country, um, by Matt Ruff, like a dog, RFF Ruff, um, It's a 2016 dark fantasy horror novel, and it's uh, pretty similar to the show. I would have to go back and read it again because I haven't read it since it came out. I actually don't, can't really pinpoint a lot of the differences, but I loved the book and I loved the show, but I did not know about the podcast. I love hearing writers talk about how their process and how something goes from the page to the screen. So that sounds just up my alley, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will enjoy it as well. So check out the show notes for um, a link to the book Lovecraft Country, the TV show on HBO, and the uh, podcast as well. And I also want to add that Marissa is an incredible makeup artist, and I'm going to put her Instagram in there as well. Well, so you guys can check out. She does such really stunning cosplay when it comes to uh, makeup and hair and looks of all your favorite sci fi and horror characters. I think you guys will enjoy her account quite a bit. She is, as she might say, Adora (laughs) Horrible. So cute, so fun. Thank you, Marissa. All right, our next call is from the lovely Jenny and I think that we are making a friendship connection in real time here on the show take it away Jenny
3: Hi Luce and hi Lucea Lanterns it's Jenny calling Um, I have a few things to talk about number one I always forget to say this if you haven't called the All Hellos hotline call it even if you don't have a message because Luce's outgoing message is so wonderful. So that's number one, called All Hallows Hotline. Number two, um, Marco, who called on this last um, Friday episode, Small Frights, you are amazing, and I love you, and I want to be best friends. Your Halloween story about getting away with your boyfriend and your dog and your friends and making pumpkin chili and having a bonfire, it just all sounded amazing, and I love your energy, and I want to be friends. Um, so I just, <laughs> I love um, the Small fries episodes because I love hearing from everyone. And um, I just think it's such a fun Halloween community that you're creating, Luce. So thank you for that. Um, I highly recommend um, anybody who thought about joining the Patreon, if you can, to join. Um, I'm in the ghoul gang at the $10 level and I have so much fun at the movie night um I I totally say after this last one that it's just been such a a nice treat um a nice space for me um during this weird time that we're in especially I think of a feeling kind of disconnected from people and not spending as much time with friends and stuff. It's nice to have this virtual community of Halloween lovers all over the country and the world, and it's really fun to have those movie nights a couple times a month. So if you've been thinking about it, this is your plug to join. Uh, And then finally, I wanted to recommend an author for, um, I don't know if it's horror or maybe more like psychological mystery drama but ruth ware um is one of my favorite writers um she has several books that are all in the same vein but my favorite of hers is called in a dark dark wood so i recommend ruth ware um for the um, lanterns who love reading so um that's all thanks everyone have a great week
0: Jenny thank you for that lovely gushing phone call and everyone I promise I did not twist her thumbs and make her call and plug everything (laughs) but it's very much appreciated and it really means a lot to me that the movies twice a month are uh, bringing you so much joy this is such a difficult time to live through for myriad reasons but the isolation is uh, really making us bonkers, huh? It's so nice to uh, be able to connect like this on Small Frights and hear these really great stories and recommendations from everybody. And then I really do, again, like Jenny, the movie nights are so fun because it's like 12 to 14 of us chatting about this film that we're watching, getting scared, getting goofy, sharing uh, links and more stories. And It's been a really great experience, so I'm glad you're enjoying it, Jenny. And Hey, uh, don't take it from me. Take it from Jenny and sign up with the Patreon if you like. Patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. Um, Mario and Jenny, are you guys going to be best friends? How can I help facilitate this friendship? Um, Mario, you know, reach out on Instagram at it's always Halloween podcast. Maybe we can get something going. Um, Maybe we all should get away together next year in the Texas wine country. I didn't know Texas had a wine country. Um, you know, I've actually been thinking about putting together a, um, discord channel for patrons. So that could be another fun way for lanterns to connect with one another. when it's safe to travel again, there is just no end to things I want to do. I want to come to each of these communities you all keep telling me about. I want to do like a little event in Louisiana, a little event, uh, in uh, New York, Sleepy Hollow, come down to Texas, go up to Seattle. Where should I... We have to start putting together a Lantern's map so we can do fun little meetups throughout the country. Um, And I'm so happy that you love the outgoing message. I was obsessed with the ads for 800 numbers as a kid. You know, like, there was, like, the creep phone, and there uh, was a a call, like, a Freddy hotline. (laughs) You get, like for uh, Freddy Krueger, which is absolutely out of this world considering that Freddy Krueger, his backstory is that he is a pedophile. So it is very wild that they're like, children, ask your parents if you can call this ghost pedophile. Um, But I always thought those commercials were so freaky and I was like a kid. So I was also like, oh, Freddy Krueger's real. Um, So I was trying to capture that like 80s, 90s horror movie, Frightline, Um, Vibe with my outgoing message, so I'm so happy that you guys appreciate it. And yes, again, listen to Jenny; she's very wise. Call the hotline; we want to hear your stories. Um, You don't, you know what? If you have to listen and hang up, that's also fine, I guess. (laughs) Um, And Ruth Ware—a great, great recommendation. I haven't uh, read the book that you recommended, but I'm going to put a link to that one in the show notes. Uh, the Ruth Ware book that I've read is The Woman in Cabin 10. And I found it very tense the entire time. I was very stressed. And it was like a white white knuckle in it. Didn't know what was going to happen to our lead character. She was in peril for almost the entire book. <laughs> so I think those are great recommendations, Jenny. I really like Mysteries a lot too. Gillian Flynn is one of my favorite authors which i'm is i'm sure a little cliche i'm sure you all have read her by now but if not obviously gone girl but dark places is about the satanic panic and i am obsessed with that one and then of course they made uh, sharp objects into an hbo miniseries a couple years ago i know a lot of people weren't a fan of the miniseries i thought it was a wonderful adaptation you thought the miniseries was too slow the book is much snappier so i definitely recommend the book and um gone girl is an incredible book too if you've only watched the movie the book goes lots deeper into the idea of the cool girl and uh it's great so, um, definitely, we can expand our library into mysteries because mysteries are quite spooky and chilling, also. So, two new book wrecks to add to our list this week Lovecraft Country and In a Dark, Dark Wood. Reminds me of the Alvin Schwartz, um, the In a Dark, Dark Room uh, anthology that the Green Ribbon came from. If, listeners, you are joining us more recently, go back and listen to my episode on the Green Ribbon and the history of that story throughout the last few hundred years. It was quite disturbing the more I read about it. Listeners, what books disturb you? What stories can you not get out of your head? What TV shows and movies and Halloween scenes have you witnessed that you simply must share with us. Please call in with all your recommendations and memories and lovely experiences or experiences gone wrong. We want to hear about them. The number for the All Hollows Hotline is 802-532 dead. Or you can write me an email at it's always Halloween Podcast at gmail.com those links are in the show notes and as i said at the top of the episode if you love it's halloween pr- please pretty please subscribe at patreon.com slash it's always halloween or make a one-time donation and those links are in the show notes you can also support the podcast by buying it's always halloween merch on redbubble that link is there as well and i am still shopping around i got uh, messages from a number of you saying that you would love a uh, hand printed uh it's always halloween t-shirt so i am looking around there's a couple of really cool independent screen printers here trying to find one that aligns with my interests and goals here and get some prices for y'all so keep your eyes on the instagram i'll bring it up on the episode but hoping to get us some um one-of-a-kind screen printed shirts here before too long this episode of it's always halloween was performed by me Luce Tomlin Brenner, and with contributions from all of the incredible lanterns, Jenny, Marissa, Becky, and Boxcar, who sponsored the episode. Thanks so much, you guys, for making this episode great. The editing, theme music, and sound design is by Pete Burns. Thank you so much, Pete. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTV Comedy, Pete at Mittenberries, and the show at It's Always Halloween Podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and write us a little review so that like-minded ghouls can find us. We got a new one from Clown Can't Talk. Very scary name, thank you. The subject line is a spooky good find. Clown Can't Talk goes on to say, I found this podcast several weeks ago and I really enjoyed it. I've been listening ever since. At around 7 p.m., I get in my pajamas, I turn on the podcast, and I think it is a wonderful way to wind down after another frustrating day during COVID-19. Oof, you said it, clown. This podcast is a must for any true lover of Halloween. It's currently 9.03 p.m. here in the San Francisco Bay Area, my lava lamp is on, and I'm in my pajamas listening to a show from December. It's terrific. Enjoy! I really loved that play by play. You painted a scene, and I'm feeling cozy as heck just reading your words. So, thank you, Clown Can Talk. And uh, uh, yeah, if you would like, if you love the podcast, a free, easy thing you can do to help support us is to leave us a review because it really gets Apple to pay attention and push us up so that other people can find it when they search the word Halloween. So um, you can also find us and all the other podcast apps as well as the NPR One app, which is very cool. So thank you, everybody. This has been another episode of It's Always Halloween. Tune in next time, unless somebody steals your pumpkins and you got to chase them down and learn a whole lesson about class.